Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Nope, I don't feel better. I thought I'd take a deep breath and feel better after that, but I don't. Nick Ashy went overtime. We have the audio of Roger Goodell continuing to sell his soul as he trots out in front of everybody and gets paid $44 million a year to protect the owners of the NFL. Uh, so he was given several questions about this Washington football team investigation. This was within the last, what, 30, 45 minutes or so. Uh, usually he speaks at the end of the NFL's quarterly meetings, which are going on right now. Goodell actually spoke at the conclusion uh, of the first day of this two-day session, which was today, because clearly the owner said, hey, you know that paycheck you get? Get out there and fix this now for us. I talked a little earlier about some of the quotes coming out about Goodell uh, talking about Dan Snyder and saying he's already been held accountable enough, which makes you want to throw up in your freaking mouth when you hear that said. But sure enough, those words actually came out of Roger Goodell's mouth today. When you get paid $44 million a year to cover the owner's asses, I guess this is what you do, and you say all kinds of crap like all this right here. Why is it that there isn't a written report on what happened with the Washington football team and the investigation you guys did into that? Yeah, Albert, uh, um, as you know, uh, there was a summary of the findings. We had an independent counsel look at that, uh, Beth Wilkerson and her team. Um, they worked on it almost a year um, and I think interviewed roughly 150 people and I think close to 6 million documents that they worked through. Um, but one of the important things by getting in a professional that has worked in this space uh, was making sure that you had people who were willing to come forward, uh, most of which wanted to do so with security and privacy and anonymity as part of that. Um, and it would be difficult for us to do that. And that not only affects the investigation that you're going through, but it affects future investigations and the credibility of that. So when you make a promise to protect that in anonymity, uh, to make sure that we get the right information, um, you need to stand by that. And so we're very conscious of making sure that we're protecting uh, those that came forward. Uh, they were incredibly brave, incredibly open, um, and we respect the pain that they probably went through all over again uh, to come forward. And so uh, that was a, a very high priority for us. The second would be, um, you know, our focus and our focus remains is to make sure that all our clubs uh, operate the highest levels as far as our workforce and workplace and making sure that we set the highest standards. We actually spent some time talking about that today. Um, and we'll continue those discussions going forward because it's an important thing for us. Uh, so um, that is part of what we focused on. Is it relates to it, and hopefully it answers your question. 
Commissioner, a pair of former employees from the Washington football team came here today to deliver a handwritten letter, and they're asking for transparency and accountability. Um, they are, they claim, two of the victims that you just mentioned. Why has the league not been able what to... Was I said they, they claim that they were victimized by Dan Snyder uh -huh. and the Washington football team. Um, in a failure to release the emails that so many people have requested, what does that say about the league in its mission to prevent sexual misconduct in the workplace? Well, I think that's exactly what we engaged Beth Wilkerson to do uh, as an independent counsel. Um, she met with, as I said, nearly 150 or more than 150 people, went through all those documents. Those, all those individuals had an opportunity to speak to her if they wished. Some did not want to be public. Some wanted to. They're welcome to be public if they wish to. But we want to make sure we're protecting the people who came forward, who had to relive those experiences, because we wanted to make sure we understood what it was with the objective of making sure that we had the best possible workforce and workplace policies, procedures, people surrounded in those organizations, and the highest standards that respect others and make sure that we have a safe environment for all of our employees. Has Dan Snyder been held accountable adequately, in your opinion, and, and is there more to be done there? Uh, I do think he's been held accountable for I think the organization has been held accountable, for, and I think we did an unprecedented fine. Uh, Dan Snyder has not been involved with the organization for now almost four months. Uh, uh, and uh, we obviously are focused more on making sure that the policies that they had, some of many which they put into place prior to this investigation, but also uh, coming out of it, were put into place and that they will be maintained and that we can ensure that that will happen in this organization. Roger, over here to the side. I don't know where you are, To, Mark, to your left, to your left. All the way to your left. Yes. Um, going back to, 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 to the first point you made, is there a way to release more information about the investigation while also protecting the anonymity of, of some of the people, possibly through redactions or something like that? And then also, how do you intend to re respond to the inquiry from Congress on the same issue? Well, we're responding to Congress uh, appropriate, uh, so we'll be cooperative and We've been in touch, and we will certainly do that. We, uh, we look forward to that opportunity to do that. Um, on the first part, uh, we don't think so. Um, you know, we feel that this is the appropriate way to do it. We summarized uh, the findings of Beth um, and made it very clear that the workplace environment uh, at the Washington football team was not what we expect in the NFL, and then held them accountable for that. But more importantly, steps were put in place to make sure it does not happen again. And so we think protecting the people that helped us get to that place, the people that unfortunately had to live through that experience, that we respect them and make sure that we protect them. Hey, Roger. Um, you know, Daniel Snyder wasn't formally punished, I don't believe, uh, and it doesn't seem like there has been a ton of accountability. Does it, why is it that John Gruden, the coach of the Raiders, is the one that's received the most accountability out of all of this? Well, Ben, uh, with all due respect, I just went through several of the steps that we took against Dan Snyder. So we, we disagree on that accountability. Uh, and the important point for us is to make sure that the organization is doing the right things, that people are held accountable, and those types of things will not be able to happen again in that organization or any organization in the NFL is what we talked about today. 
Yes, we do disagree. In, in fact, everybody disagrees with you, Roger Goodell. By the way, I, I stand corrected. I, I forgot he got a raise. Roger Goodell makes $50 million a year now to sell his soul and go out in front of everybody and peddle those lies. That's where we are. $50 million to say stuff like that. To hide behind the victims. To say that, oh, the employees, uh, they don't want, they, they want anonymity. No, you have tons of people that are literally there asking for transparency. Going on media tours, begging to keep this in the news cycle so that something can actually be done. And to tell us that Dan Snyder hasn't been involved with the organization for four months is some of the most embarrassing, insulting BS that I've ever heard from anyone. Are you kidding me? His wife handles the day-to-day operations. Does anybody believe that they don't have any conversations about this? Are you kidding me? And by the way, there, there was no, it was just the foreseeable future. There's no timetable. There's no stay away for this long. So then whenever he decides to show up and fire Ron Rivera and go hire some stupid college coach and then start all over again with this team, you could be like, well, he was away from the team long enough and we find him $10 million. You find a billionaire $10 million. It's embarrassing. And this continues over and over and over again. Unprecedented fine. A fine. These fines don't affect billionaires. This is, it's a hostage situation. It feels like a hostage situation right now with him as an owner. There are constant excuses For the NFL to finally say, enough is enough. You've run a once proud organization into the ground and also done it not just with ineptitude on the field, but also what you've done behind the scenes. And tons of people, tons of people are coming forward, giving you these explanations, giving you these examples, and begging you to do something about it. And it's a chance for you to do right. But no. Unprecedented fine. Yes, Roger Goodell, everybody disagrees with you on that being enough, holding him accountable. There's a certain point when a person is in charge of a business, and that business continues to have issues, workplace uh, complaints. Uh, They just fail financially, which is what's going on there now. And by the way, almost every other business that he's ever owned, I know that doesn't count with this, but let's just be honest with ourselves here. There's a certain point where the person that's actually at the top, that's actually in charge, gets held accountable in every other business in this country. Right? A CEO, you know, some sort of a board member, uh, somebody that's in a high management position. When you're not doing your job, you're fired. Now, I get it. I understand that they own the team. The problem is all of these teams are also part of a bigger entity, right? The S.H.I.E.L.D., You're not protecting the shield when you continue to make excuses for bad ownership in the NFL. But it's sad because I really don't think that anything's going to come from this. I want to be wrong, but I'm incredibly pessimistic about it. People in Washington, right? Politicians. They want to strut around for a little bit and show they care and then go right back to their hole again and hide. This is where we are. This is why I say 
that until things truly change, I don't blame you if you don't show up to games and don't give them your money because it doesn't make you a bad fan. It makes you a loyal fan that wants to get out of this hostage situation we've got going on right now. And it continues to boil over, and the resume gets longer and longer and longer, and yet nothing is done, ever. And it's so frustrating, and it's so exhausting. Meanwhile, right up the road, you've got a team in Baltimore that's got great ownership, that's winning football games, that has a great quarterback, uh, they're successful, it's only about football with them. And I wonder why young sports fans today are gravitating towards the Baltimore Ravens over the Washington football team. I wonder. Because what kid in their right mind that's just kind of starting to follow sports would want to be a fan of this dumpster fire? They're a disaster. And they're allowed to continue to be a disaster with a little wrist slap. Here's a $10 million fine, and I'm going to admonish you for your bad your bad attendance. It's bad. I'm, I'm just very disappointed in you. Very disappointed. I don't know what it would take anymore. I don't. And you listen, if Ron Snyder stays just far enough away that he can have plausible deniability in so much of this, which makes it even worse and makes it even scarier. All right, this time I'm going to try to take a deep breath because I can't do this the entire show. I can't deal with this. Nick Ashley won overtime. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, Roger Goodell, I would not uh, Google my name or search it on Twitter right now, that's for sure. Nick Ashley on overtime. The most frustrating part about all this is what you just heard Roger Goodell say earlier tonight. We just played it. Is that it's very clear he wants nothing to do with any of this changing and wants it to desperately go away. But it's just insulting to say things like, oh, yes, we think they've been held accountable enough in Washington. What? I did talk to someone. I'll say this, and then we got a couple callers, and then I'll move on because... Look, there's only so much we can do about this. So I think we all agree on this. And the disaster and hostage situation going on with this organization right now. Uh, I talked to somebody that is in the... uh, They're in law. We'll just say that. Um, And when you handle an investigation like this, 
take the check and don't write a written report at all, you lose a lot of credibility apparently doing that. Not that it, it, it takes somebody in that business to tell me that, but to hear that specifically about somebody that may have worked very closely with the person handling the investigation, I'll just say that, uh, it doesn't help your credibility at all. So it, it's, it's looked at as a full circle of disgust all the way around. But it's not like we didn't see that coming from the beginning. So, uh, Sal's in Arlington. You're on overtime. What's up, Sal? Hey, Nick. How you doing tonight? Good, man. I know. I'm I'm not even a Redskin fan, and I'm boiling mad and frustrated about all this stuff, too. So, um, I, I have a background in labor, unions, and representing employees and things like that. And I did that for an awful long time, and... I'm sitting here listening to all this for however long this has been going on, and I'm just wondering why no one has gone to the authorities, why they haven't gone to the police and filed charges and get a real investigation done. Because the FBI can actually investigate these kind of charges because they go over two states, Maryland and Virginia, but it's usually a state thing. And the NFL is not going to investigate anything that's going to get themselves in trouble. And I was telling your screener a minute ago that the thing Goodell did is a textbook case for whitewash. And that's all he did. Mm-hmm. And they've got to, if they're going to do anything, they've, they've got to send people to jail. And I don't think that's been done yet. And the question I had for you is, do you know if that has been done or if that's anything that's just not been attempted so far? Yeah, I don't know. Thanks, Sal, uh, for the call. I, 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 don't, I, I certainly don't know, and I don't know what they could do about that. This, cause it sounds like it's honestly more probably in your wheelhouse in terms of dealing with at least labor disputes and things like that than it would for me. Um, and I don't know if there's something that could be criminal investigations. I don't know if there's anything to prove. There, like, you know what I mean? There's just... There's a lot of gray area in this, honestly, and, and I get it. But it's really the bigger picture really is, is just the fact that this continues to be uh, a dysfunctional organization and it starts at the top. And, and it's been that way for so long that it just blows my mind that if you're the other owners in the NFL, like just how can you not look at this and say we're tired of being dragged through the mud and being a part of this? That's why I really do believe the Kevin Blackstone theory that this is all about them just saying it makes us look better, so let's keep them there. Right? Doesn't that make sense? And that's just that's the most frustrating part about this. And, you know, I, when I was filling in with Russell a couple weeks ago, we had Megan Inbert on, who's, who's you know, part of this whole uh, push for, for transparency, I guess you could say, as a big-picture way to describe it. And, you know, this is a lot of work that a lot of people are putting in, and you know, nobody should have to work in a place that's dysfunctional, clearly. It shouldn't be treated the way that they were treated. That, that should be enough in most cases to push a leader of a business out. But that's not, that's not happening with this because the owners are treated differently. Owners should be treated more honestly like CEOs or people that are in upper-level management and not have this immunity, essentially, to run organization, it doesn't benefit the NFL to have bad owners. It doesn't benefit the NFL to have teams that are getting dragged through the mud, to have teams that are in the news for negative storylines all the time, and to just watch it from a financial perspective, to watch a team drop in value. It, it should be alarming 
It should be alarming how much the value of this franchise and the attendance has dropped. If that was a stock market, that's all the conversation would be on the news every single day. Those are alarming numbers. If you were running a company, and if all of a sudden, let's say you were running Apple. Look, if Tim Cook all of a sudden watched the stock prices and iPhone sales plummet, you don't think they would talk about removing him at some point? You don't think he'd be replaced? You don't think some sort of changes would be made? You have to be held accountable. It's one thing if you're just not good at your job, which he isn't. But it's worse when you do it in an arrogant and, quite honestly, just a a, a way where you just don't care. Just don't care enough. Because it's all driven by ego. And it's all driven by power. And that's really where we are with this situation. You know, and it, it just, it, what bothers me about it so much is that I've, there are so many times, like just coming into this season, and I know that this goes back to before. I understand that this is, you know, going back years. But then to have it come up and surface again with this team two and five on top of that, man, it's tiring. <laughs> it, it really is. It's exhausting. Like anybody that's a fan of this team, like we, it, the the one great thing about being a sports fan, right, is if somebody's talking trash about your team, you be able to have something to say back. What do I say about this team? I have a lot of friends that are Ravens fans. I live in an area that is split between Washington and Baltimore. What ammo do I have? <laughs> right, Cowboys fans are all over the place. What ammo do we have right now? Truly, like we can make fun of Jarrah all day. But his team's 5-1. and one. And, look, the Cowboys may have been a circus at times over the years. Jerry Jones knows how to run that franchise. Dan Snyder doesn't. And that's... And until there is a change made at the very, very, very top, you can find your franchise quarterback. But that's only going to go so far. And this is where we are. And it's clear Roger Goodell is going to do everything he can. And I'd like to say that I know something they could do to really actually make this change truly happen and, and to, to find a way to push him out and to get this organization off a real, true, fresh start. But I don't know. I really don't know what it is. And it's exhausting. You know, this is, this is the hardest part about being a fan of this team is this type of stuff. And none of this is, this is before Ron Rivera. This is before... The adults that I thought were in charge maybe aren't as much of the adults, but at times they are. You have your, you know, your facility rated and your lead athletic trainer getting put on leave because there's a DEA investigation, which, by the way, hasn't even been a conversation recently. That did happen under Ron Rivera. So it, it, it is a, it's an organization that is, I, it's like it's cursed. I don't know. We'll get back to some football in this next, though, because there's a game coming up this weekend that is certainly important for this team. And as long as Dan Snyder's away from the team for now, I guess maybe we can believe that he is. Because Roger Goodell's certainly not doing anything about it. Nick Ashy won overtime. Nick Ashy won overtime. And they got, look, there's a chance to right the ship, clearly. At least partially. Just, just, just a feel-good game, I think, for Washington. If you can beat Denver. Denver's lost four straight. They started off 3-0. It's very much a winnable game for this team. I don't think there's any question. And it would be incredibly important for Taylor Heineke. He needs to get a win. He needs to go out and have a game that's closer to the way he played earlier this year. Because if he continues to really, I'm not going to use the word regression, but maybe it's 
regress to the mean, kind of get more of to the, the quarterback that he is. He, he looked inconsistent. This is, this is kind of his game where he can have moments of wow and then moments of what were you doing? This team is going to continue to be in limbo until they, they figure out that quarterback situation. But we know that right now Heineke is the guy. And, you know, we talked to Pete Haley earlier and the, the whole conversation about whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick should never play a game for this team. And it's nothing against him. It just doesn't make sense anymore. Honestly, Fitzpatrick was, it was it'll be seven weeks on Sunday, seven games that he'll have missed. They said six to eight weeks. They're talking about an MRI in a couple weeks. And then maybe reevaluating him after that. He's not coming back. He's not playing. And there's no point for him. He was the bridge quarterback for maybe a year. Maybe, maybe two years. It just doesn't make sense now. You ride it out with Taylor Heineke the rest of the way. I mean, maybe Kyle Allen, if, if you feel like you want to put him out there and it's just so bad and it continues to get worse with Heineke. But Heineke's still shown enough moments where he say, let's just give the guy an opportunity to play. Because, look, if this team's losing, then it... it like, it doesn't really matter. There's so many more things they need to fix right now anyway. But we just can't get ourselves caught up in Heineke's story and loving the idea of Heineke as opposed to actually him. Right? This is the relationship that people get into where they really just want to be in a serious relationship. They want to start a family. They want to settle down. You're dating. You got a friend that's dating this person. You're like, yeah... There's a lot of things you're kind of overlooking in this. You don't really get along. You guys don't have a lot in common. You kind of just seem like you're settling for each other. This is just kind of settling. You, you love the idea of the story of the one day it could be a movie if it was Kurt Warner or Tom Brady or, or Tony Romo. But the reality of this is, is, is Heineke's not getting a ring, right? You're not putting a ring on it. This is essentially where we are. But at this point, this is probably where you're going to go. But I... Ron Rivera made it very clear on the junkies this morning that they are looking for a franchise quarterback and that we should essentially stop having this conversation about whether Heineke is the guy long-term because he made it clear that they are, as a franchise, evaluating who they're looking for as a franchise quarterback every day. This is what he said. Constantly, guys. I mean, that's something you always talk about. You know, and, and, and until you get one, you, you, you're always going to be looking you know, you're wondering is is does, is anybody on the on the on the current roster capable of developing? Uh, is there a guy that's going to be out there in free agency? Is there a guy in the draft that we we could we could do something for uh, to get? Absolutely, we're always talking about it. And, you know, uh, I'll give you a little hint right now. I, I get I get the um, I get a weekly update on all the college quarterbacks um, that I go through. And, and again, guys, we're we're constantly looking, and not just at the quarterback position, but you know, the other positions that we consider very, very vital. I mean, we think there's six core positions on offense and defense, and, and we're constantly looking at those six and trying to decide if we have guys that we feel really good about being in those positions. Uh, Ron Rivera right there could have said, well, Heineke may be our guy. We're still evaluating. He can say, oh, you know, we're, we're evaluating maybe somebody on the roster. No. That's when you come out and you say, well, who's to say we don't already have him right now? Taylor Heineke is somebody we think we can develop into a franchise guy. No. So let, let, let's stop the conversation, and let, let's move on from that. And that's, that's okay, but this team needs to do something drastic this offseason. They have to. You can't stick with the status quo. You can't stick with this depth chart next year at quarterback. You've got to have somebody on that roster that's either a veteran that became available on the trade market 
that you get three or four years out of, or you get somebody in the draft. But they've got to do something more than what you've got going on right now. This depth chart cannot look the same. And I'd be okay with them going hard after a veteran or trading up in the draft if you have to give up some assets. Because at this point, you're going to have to do more and not just stockpile draft picks because the draft picks, at least these draft picks we've seen so far, are not really getting much contribution at all. Hell, you know what? Bring Andrew Luck out of retirement. I'll take that. Seriously. Here's $30 million a year, Andrew Luck. Come back out of retirement. Our offensive line is better than what you have with the Colts. Let's try again. How amazing would that be, by the way? Loved Andrew Luck. Colts ruined him. But it'd be interesting, too. So keep in mind, there's an opportunity for a trend that could take shape in the offseason. Because you've seen Tom Brady you know, choose his next destination. Now, I know he was a free agent, so it was a little bit different. Matt Stafford tells the Lions he wants out, gets a trade, having a much better season where here he is now. Does that at all trickle down to somebody like a Russell Westbrook, to somebody like Russell Westbrook, to somebody like Russell Wilson, to somebody like Aaron Rodgers, both who've already said in, in certain ways, whether it was very, very openly or maybe a little bit more through back channels, that they don't want to be in their situation that they're in right now. Do other veteran quarterbacks see that? You know, does Matt Ryan say, I need to go somewhere else. This isn't working in Atlanta anymore. It's time to move on. Now, there's a lot of factors in there. One, one of these veteran quarterbacks would have to want to go to Washington, which, that's a tough sell right now. And two, you've got to be able to evaluate, well, how long is this quarterback going to be our quarterback? What are they going to do for us? Look, Matt Ryan is better than the situation we have right now, so I don't want to hear any scoffing at Matt Ryan. This guy's a former MVP. But he's also not that MVP anymore. And that's just a name that's certainly been thrown out there. Derek Carr, I'd love Derek Carr. But, like, why would the Raiders want to get rid of him, especially because they're going to be looking for another new coach? You want to entice that coach unless they're like, hey, we want to get somebody in the draft. You probably want to have Derek Carr as your quarterback when you're going and taking that job in Las Vegas. I I hate to say it because I don't want anything to do with him, but Deshaun Watson is something that a lot of teams are going to overlook. And his offseason and his off-the-field stuff, Because if the Dolphins aren't, another team will be desperate enough to trade for Watson, even with all the question marks. Because eventually what happens with that, because you are a player and a franchise quarterback, if he's not actually held accountable legally, we have no idea where that situation is going to go. But that stuff gets swept under the rug in the NFL. Players aren't made the scapegoats. It's guys like John Gruden, who Gruden deserved. What he said was, was heinous. He's an idiot. But we're past that. But the reality of it is, people forget the -the off-the-field issues that players have if they're still talented players. Nobody talks about the Kareem Hunt video anymore. Nobody talks about Antonio Brown. And those are just two of many names. And of all kinds of things, different variations of off-the-field incidents that are not good. Now, this Deshaun Watson thing seems like it kind of runs deep. I wouldn't touch him. But maybe this team is desperate enough to get such a splash in and they do enough due diligence and they find out. And since apparently owners run the league anyway, as we've clearly seen, they tell Roger Goodell, hey, you want to earn that $50 million, don't suspend him more than four games. We've already had conversations to know that nothing else is going to happen legally to him. Maybe you get him, on for, get him for a little bit of a discount. I'm not saying that's the right move, but I'm saying that that's something they could at least consider. 
That's not the splash I want. I'd love Russell Wilson, but again, pipe dream. I, I totally understand that. But, you know, this is, it's going to happen somewhere. I, Deshaun Watson's going somewhere. I mean, Philadelphia was the rumor for a while. Now it's just Miami, Miami, Miami. That trade deadline's in, what, a week? May happen now from the Dolphins. I might just wait till the offseason. But, you know, this is the interesting thing, too. Like, if you think, we talk about teams desperately trying to find their franchise quarterback and fans grasping at that, the image of could they be a franchise quarterback. You know, the national show that I do for CBS Sports Radio, the other day I was talking about Baker Mayfield and how that's the big question now. One, he's hurt. Two, is he really a franchise quarterback or is he just a pretty good quarterback? But you don't get to pay quarterbacks in the NFL that are starters, that are young, coming off their rookie deals. Like, there's no middle-of-the-road deal anymore. There's no middle class for quarterbacks in the NFL. So the Browns have to decide whether you're going to pay him $35, $40 million a year or you're going to franchise him for a year or two and let him walk. And that's the difference. There's no middle ground for that position anymore in the NFL. And it's kind of it's kind of a hindrance on the league and, and the way things are going right now because a quarterback who can't carry his team, you could say is Baker Mayfield, but he's a good quarterback at times. But we've seen in a lot of close games, he's not a throw the team on his back, drive him down the field with two minutes to go and win you the football game. By the way, Taylor Heineke has done that twice this year. I've given him credit for that plenty. You know, but that that those types of quarterbacks are good, but not good enough to really elevate your team. But think about it. Like in the NBA, for example, you could be a number two and a number three option, part of a big three. You're still a star. But you're not looked at in the same way where it's got to be all or nothing. The quarterback position, there's one. One guy out on the field, and it's all or nothing. It's are you a franchise guy or not. Most of the time, it's more of a debate in the middle. It's not Patrick Mahomes and what he got paid. And then some come through. Dak Prescott, it was a debate. Clearly now we know. Guy's a franchise quarterback. Baker Mayfield? Eh, I don't know. Josh Allen? Well, he came through and showed that he was. It doesn't happen every single time. But with the NFL, it's got to be either R, we got to pay you that way, or eventually we're just going to have to move on and find somebody else. It's why quarterback is the most important position in sports. It's just another example of the dominance that it has, the importance and the magnitude of that spot. There's one of them on the field. You can't supplement the weaknesses like NBA players can. Right? I, I mean, Chris Bosh was a gr- really good player in Toronto, but he went to the Heat. He was part of the big three. He's going to be a Hall of Famer now. But there was no, like, it was everybody was supplementing each other. But they all got paid like stars. But it also wasn't at the same level where it dominates. And it's, it's one spot, and it's just... 30% of your team's salary cap like it was, you know, like it's going to be for quarterbacks. It's, it's just fascinating how, how that continues to evolve, and that, that's the situation that, you look, you have to deal with uh, if you're the NFL. Uh, Washington doesn't have that guy on their roster, but at some point, that's the conversation. I do miss Kirk Cousins a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Not a ton. Just, just a tiny little bit. All right, we're going to wrap things up next. Nick Ashew on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Nick Ashley went overtime. Braves up 2-0 on the Astros in Game 1 of the World Series. The two teams I did not want to see be in the World Series. <laughs> I mean, look, as a Nats fan, I don't want to see the Braves win because they're a division rival. And I definitely don't want to see the Astros win because they're the damn Astros. This is like the worst scenario possible for a World Series. I guess I'll suck it up and would rather see the Braves just because then the Astros are going to get a real chesty. Everybody that's left, so then they can really say, hey, see, we still won, even though we didn't cheat. We'll forget about what happened in 2017. You know, I mean, we assume they're not. We don't really know for sure. We didn't know at the time they were doing that the first time around. So they are a good team. That's the problem. The Astros are good. So, but it's just, this is like, I, I don't know. Like, as a Nats fan, are you rooting for the Braves over the Astros? I know there's the Dusty Baker factor, but like, Sorry, Dusty, your likability doesn't overshadow the Astros' hatred. Not to me. I can't. I love Dusty. Great guy. But it's just, there's just no way. Ugh. It's difficult, I'm telling you. I'm struggling emotionally with it. I don't know what to do. I probably won't the entire time. I have to just suck it up and deal with it. Ugh. I mean, it is. I really, though, I mean, look. We, we do have to accept that this Astros team is they're a good team. They are. I mean, they're, they're talented. I think heading into game one of the World Series, they had scored 45 runs with two outs in the playoffs. They're, they're hitting the baseball, and they're never out of it. They're never out of games. Now, I don't know. They may have a buzzer on them, so that may make it easier, but we'll see. We won't know until five years down the road. Could you imagine, though, could you imagine if it came out that the, the Astros were cheating again here? Like, if they did it a second time around, this time they're using, like, satellites and chips implanted in their head. Like, we were real serious now. Nah, forget all the tra- banging the trash cans. We're implanting chips in our brains. Yeah. We can relay those messages right to you. It's, I mean, like, nothing pisses people off more than seeing the bad guy win. The, the villains are doing that right now in baseball. Now they're down 2 nothing to the Braves, but again, this is game one. It's top of the second. It's not. There's plenty of time. The heel has come out almost on top, come close. And I know. Look, they were good in 2017 when they cheated. We uh, assume now it's dangerous, but we do assume that they're, they're not, and they're just they earned the right to go to the World Series. I mean, third World Series in five years. That's early 2000s Yankees right there, who, as we remember, were big-time villains. I mean, that, that was, those were the stacked Yankees that were just paying for everybody. I mean, they were just throwing money around before, you know, the Dodgers and everybody else started doing that. But it's, 
it is, though, let's keep in mind, it, it is good for baseball. You do want to have a team that people either love or hate. Now, outside of Houston, everybody hates the Astros. But there's still that emotional, you ring that emotional bell with this team. You can't have people be complacent. You want people to either root hard against the Astros or all for them. Because the Braves don't really bring that. I mean, outside of Nats fans, or I guess anybody else that's a fan of a team in the NL East, it's not really like a... Nobody despises the Braves. So you get that with the Astros here. So there's pretty much an entire country outside of the Houston area, or fans that are Houston fans that are outside of the area, uh, rooting for the Braves in this. But that, that brings a little more of an emotional connection to people that have no connection with it. Now, if you're betting on the World Series, that connection is financial, and that's a totally different conversation. But, you know, from this perspective, it's 3 nothing Braves now. Uh, from this perspective, you know, there's, there's people sitting back going, well, I, I just would rather have that. I, I would rather have the Braves win, and I'll root hard against the Astros, which I guess is what I'm going to do. I, I'm, not, I'm not proud of it. I know. I know. It's the only time this is going to happen. It's like, I guess, rooting for the... Giants to beat the Cowboys, I guess. Would I root for the Eagles? Would you root for the Eagles to beat the Cowboys? It wouldn't be a, it would be playoffs anyway. Like you know, I, where where does the hatred outrank the other one? I, I don't know. Houston fans stayed loyal though, man. That's why I say fans are the only true loyal people in sports. Players get traded, they leave in free agency. You know, coaches will leave. Owners care about clearly the money versus their team actually being successful. Their egos and treating you like an ATM. We clearly see that. You know, so this is... When you start to realize that you as a sports fan are the only person that's truly loyal in sports, you'll feel a lot better about everything else, and it won't make you so angry. Hell, man, look at Sean McVay. He just traded Jared Goff away like it was nothing. It's like, I got something better. He dumped his girlfriend on a guy's trip in Miami. It's pretty much what that was. You know, yeah. Don't don't get caught up in loyalty. It doesn't it doesn't exist in sports. It, it doesn't. You know. I mean, I guess I wanted to see the Dodgers because you at least had Scherzer and, and Trey Turner, and I, you know, to see them win. They got traded. It's not like they left. It's kind of where I was. I don't you know. But that's still you know National League. I, it's just I'm gonna sit and watch this World Series and just hate every play. I guess maybe if I emotionally hedge it and just bet on it, it might make it easier. But it's hard. I don't like betting when there's any emotion involved, right? Because then you just make stupid decisions. Whatever. All right. Well, enjoy the World Series tonight. God, I hope Washington wins on Sunday because if they don't, it's going to be awful. I'm driving this fan base to drink. That's for sure. Make sure you check me out. Uh, all my stuff I do with uh, BetQL as well, CBS Sports Radio. Saturdays, I'm with Grant Paulson, 10 to noon on CBS Sports Radio and BetQL. And, of course, uh, CBS Sports Radio, my solo show after that, noon to 2. Odyssey, CBS Sports Radio, all of that stuff. Lots of plugs there. I'm at, at Nick Ashew on Twitter. Talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 